It was our wedding anniversary this week, which means that it was exactly 11 years ago this weekend that we were strolling through Central Park in New York on our honeymoon. I have a really vivid memory of enjoying the heat and atmosphere of a glorious summer's day when a few gusts of wind began to blow. Almost immediately, we noticed lots of street sellers beginning to pack up their stalls. Without consultation or an announcement, everyone seemed to move simultaneously. The artists stopped drawing, the buskers packed away their, their instruments, and the busy path cleared of multiple stalls in only a few minutes. Of course, we continued obliviously strolling along in our shorts and t-shirts, but I decided to stop with one of the stall holders just to ask him what was going on. In fairly broken English, he replied, storm coming. The reality of an approaching storm seemed fairly difficult for us to imagine. Yet just 10 minutes later, we were running down Fifth Avenue, taking refuge in some of the, in some of the shops from pretty torrential rain. We were completely unprepared, but the locals were ready. How prepared are you for storms? suffering and trial in your life? How ready are you for difficulty as a disciple of Jesus? This morning I want to turn to Psalm 57 and together I want us to consider how we can both prepare for and respond to suffering and difficulty that comes our way in our lives. Psalm 57 helps us to see how David faced suffering in his life and also responded to it. So let me read it again now for us. Psalm 57. Have mercy on me, my God. Have mercy on me. For in you I take refuge. I will take refuge in the shadow of your wings until the disaster has passed. I cry out to God most high, to God who vindicates me. He sends from heaven and saves me, rebuking those who hotly pursue me. God sends forth his love and his faithfulness. I am in the midst of lions. I am forced to dwell among ravenous beasts, men whose teeth are spears and arrows, whose tongues are sharp swords. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. They spread a net for my feet. I was bowed down in distress. They dug a pit in my path, but they have fallen into it themselves. My heart, O oh God, is steadfast. My heart is steadfast. I will sing and make music. Awake, my soul. Awake, harp and lyre. I will awaken the dawn. I will praise you, Lord, among the nations. I will sing of you among the peoples. For great is your love reaching to the heavens your faithfulness reaches to the skies be exalted O god above the heavens let your glory be over all the earth amen i want to think in this talk today about david's suffering and david's song because it's fairly clear from this psalm that david was not in a great situation at all the first half of this passage documents some of his difficulty. He speaks of disaster and crying out to God. He describes his situation as like being hotly pursued 
dwelling among ravenous beasts and being in the midst of lions. He says he is surrounded by enemies and bowed down in distress. It doesn't sound good for the one who has been described as a man after God's own heart. Surely God could have prevented this man of God enduring such trials. I think it's important for us to understand that suffering and difficulty aren't possibilities for followers of Jesus, for followers of Jesus. They are promises. We aren't immune from difficulty or trial. Christian discipleship means that our lives will be disrupted. We should expect it, maybe even embrace it at times, but sadly along the line, somewhere along the line, some Christians have believed the lie that following Jesus means that we won't get shaken. In the early days of lockdown, I saw a news report of some Christians in America who were defying lockdown to continue meeting in their places of worship. The news reporter asked some of them as they were on their way to their church building, and one woman responded that because she was covered in Jesus' blood, no harm could come her, her way. As I listened, I thought she had pretty terrible theology and she mustn't have read this psalm where David describes his difficulties. This woman's eternal future might have been secure, but her earthly safety was never guaranteed. It's so important we realise that following Jesus doesn't make us immune from trouble. I read verse 1 of this psalm right at the start of lockdown. And it made me smile. Have mercy on me, my God, have mercy on me. For in you I take refuge. I will take refuge in the shadow of your wings until the disaster has passed. We can take refuge in the shadow of God's wings until the disaster has passed. And until this life is over. Three things we can see in the opening verse of this psalm. Disasters will pass. They are temporary, not eternal. Secondly, God protects us, not from disasters, but in disasters. And thirdly, that we can take refuge in him. In the story of the three little pigs, the first pig built with straw, the second pig built with sticks, and the third pig built with bricks. But no matter how much or how, how well the pigs built, the wolf still knocked on all their doors. The psalmist here is emphasizing that the refuge we need is Jesus. Not, not in the things that we can build for ourselves, but in him alone. We take refuge not in things that will be shaken or stirred, but in the strong name of Jesus, because a storm will come to all our doors. In him, we can take refuge until the disaster has passed. And then we can say the words of verse 7 in this psalm. My heart, O God, is steadfast. My heart is steadfast. Our hearts can be steadfast when our lives are built on the foundation of Jesus. It reminds me of the parable that teaches us of how, our li of how lives that are built on Jesus, the rock, provide a strong foundation. Not because of someone's expert building, but because Jesus is the unshakable rock that will last and stand forever. 
I love this quote from C.S. Lewis. God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks in our consciences, but shouts in our pain. It is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. I wonder if that has been your experience over the past few months. I wonder if God has been using his megaphone of pain to rouse a deaf world. I wonder if you've heard not only the whispers, but the shouts of God through the panic, problems and pain of these days. If you are experiencing suffering or difficulty or trial, look for refuge and relief in Jesus that will stand forever. And strain your ears to hear the whisper or even shouts of a God who is present in your pain. So the first part of this psalm documents David's suffering, but the second part of the psalm documents David's song. As David describes being surrounded by enemies and, do- and, and, and shares his suffering, I wonder what you would expect David to say about God. What would you or I have said in that situation? Stop the suffering, God. End the pain. Sort out the situation. Destroy my enemies. I don't know how you might have responded. But David's response is altogether different than mine might have been. And it's amazing. Look at verse 5. This is David's prayer in the midst. It's actually in the middle of his description of all of his problems and trials. He says, be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory fill or be in all the earth. What a prayer. What a, what a situation, first of all, in which to pray such a prayer. In fact, this prayer appears twice in the psalm as David repeats these words in verse 11 at the end of the psalm as well. Even in such harrowing circumstances, David was a worshipper. His desire was that God would be honoured even in the midst of his suffering. So throughout this psalm, David is both describing his difficulty, but he's also expressing his devotion to God and letting his praise overflow. David's response to suffering was Saul. And while he couldn't choose his season, he probably would never have chosen the storm. He could still choose his song. And I know there's all sorts of conversation concern right now about how loudly or frequently we might be able to sing together in a church building in the weeks and months that lie ahead. But there is absolutely no restriction to the hearts with which we can worship with. One of the most commonly sung worship songs over the last 20 years, certainly in churches in Northern Ireland, I think, is the song, The Heart of Worship, or When the Music Fades. The song was written by Matt Redman, and it has a powerful backstory. The song dates back to the mid-1990s and was born from a period of apathy within Matt Redman's church. He says this, There was a dynamic missing, so the pastor did a pretty brave thing. He decided to get rid of the sound system and band for a season, and we gathered together with just our voices. His point was that we'd lost our way in worship, and the way to get back to the heart would be to strip everything away. 
So songs stopped in this church at that time. The normal flow of worship was halted. Does this sound familiar to us? And Matt Redmond went, goes on to say that initially there was mostly embarrassed silence, but eventually people began to sang, sing sorry, a cappella songs, to pray heartfelt prayers, and to encounter God in a fresh way. Before long, they reintroduced the musicians and the sound system, but they had gained a new perspective that worship was all about Jesus. The lyrics of the Heart of Worship song describe what, what occurred. When the music fades, all is stripped away, and I simply come, longing just to bring something that's of worth that will bless your heart. I'm coming back to the heart of worship. And it's all about you. All about you, Jesus. How can you develop your devotion in these days? How can you fix your eyes on Jesus rather than your circumstances? How can you come back to the heart of worship amidst even restrictions and restraints? Because the rest of this Psalm 57 is an amazing song of praise. It ends with four verses, verses 8 to 11, which are a brilliant declaration of worship. My heart, O God, is steadfast. My heart is steadfast. David says that he will sing and make music. Awake, my soul. Awake, harp and lyre. I will awake in the dawn. I will praise you, Lord, among the nations, he writes. I will sing of you among the peoples, for great is your love reaching to the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the skies. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. Do you hear David's song in the midst of his suffering? Whatever your season or storm right now, what's your current song? The famous hymn reminds us, through many dangers, toils and snares, I have already come. But it's grace that has brought me safe thus far, and it's grace that will lead me home. Just a few weeks and months ago, I think there was a sense of anxiety and fear in our society. People could no longer rely on the normal things that we once sought security in. And perhaps as Christians, in a time of crisis, our reliance on God actually grew. Maybe our devotion was developed in our difficulty. But I think now there's actually a danger that as we enter the new normal, that we become reliant on other things and we begin to lose sight of God. But it's grace that's brought us through and it's grace that will lead us home. For me, this is brilliantly captured in a story told of a ship and its crew in peril on the sea. In the engine room, the men were being tossed back and forth. And with each pitch in the sea, they became more and more convinced that they wouldn't make it through alive. One of the crew managed his way up to the bridge of the ship just to see if there was any chance of surviving. Several minutes later, he reported to his shipmates and though the seas had grown no less angry, he reported to them that they were going to be just fine. How can you know, they replied. I've been to the bridge, said the crewman, and I've seen the captain's face. 
and he was smiling. Disasters will pass. Psalm 57 verse 1 tells us that. As difficult or as deadly as COVID-19 is, this is a temporary storm. For followers of Jesus, we know that while we are never promised earthly safety, in Christ we are guaranteed eternal security. We have seen the captain's face and he is smiling. And knowing that, then like the psalmist, we can turn to worship and praise God no matter our circumstances. Because our status in him is secure. And because who he is, is fixed and forever the same. Strikingly, Jesus, that descendant of David who wrote this psalm, lived for the glory of God even when that meant going to the cross, the ultimate suffering. And he calls us to live for God's glory too, even in difficult days such as these. Max Licato writes this, If our greatest need had been information, God would have sent an educator. If our greatest need had been technology, God would have sent us a scientist. If our greatest need had been money, God would have sent us an economist. But since our greatest need was forgiveness, God sent us a saviour. What perspective do you have at this time? Are you prepared for trials? Are you standing firm on the strong foundation that is Jesus Christ? And if not, why don't you turn to him afresh and maybe for the first time admit your weakness, acknowledge your insecurity and confess your need of a saviour. Only Jesus can help you stand firm in suffering. Only Jesus is worth the praise that we bring. So what's your song? You can't choose your season, your storm or your suffering. But what is your song? What's your response? Let me finish with some of the words once again of this psalm. My heart, O God, is steadfast. My heart is steadfast. I will sing and make music. For great is your love reaching to the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the skies. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. May you know the heart and truth of these words today. May you know his hope and his love and his leadership in your life in these days. Amen.